so glad you're here this morning. Because, uh, you know, I was, uh, we're in a Bible study right now. We're in the book of uh, Judges. And uh, I was like, man, I think I'm going to talk about Samson. And the topic that I'm kind of mentioning today, would kind of went with it one way or another. But then all of a sudden, you know, I'm hearing it everywhere, this topic. You know, everywhere. I'm turning places where you wouldn't even think you would hear about it, and they're talking about it. And yesterday we had a baptism. We drowned a few people yesterday. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I guess we did a good job. Y'all still here, so y'all didn't get drowned. So. But, uh, and we were talking about how some churches are not talking about this certain topic, or they're mentioning another topic. So I was like, well, I guess God is trying to give me a sign. You know, it's kind of like a stop sign, or you look at signs. They're telling you something. You know, I remember Pastor Mike, when he was alive, he always used to tell me and Daddy and a few guys around us, he said, that's how you know when God has a message, when you have a bunch of signs and things that hit you, and then, you know, and, and that tells you right there that, hey, I, God has a message for me to say, and if it breathes strongly on your heart, he, and remember that, i never forget that, as long as I live, he says, you know, it stays with you, it's kind of like glue, you know, when you're gluing something and it stays, you know, it stays, you know, so... That's how you can tell a lot of times a message is from God, you know. And so I feel like the topic we're going to talk about today is going to is need to be preached. You'd be surprised how many churches are not preaching things like that. Thank God there's Brother Swagger and there's other good ministries in the past, and some are. But you'd be surprised how many are not talking about this. And it's, it needs to be taught from, from a Christian point of view and from a worldly point of view. So... I want y'all to turn to Romans 6 this morning. Yeah, it sure does, huh? <laughs> and then we'll be going to verse 14 when y'all get there. And when you're there, just say, amen, something. Hey, I'm here, something. Okay, you here? Or are you really there? That's a whole problem, like the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. That's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, the, I think you're like me. The rest of me gone. <laughs> All right. Verse 14, if y'all there. For sin should not have dominion over you, for you are not on the law, but on the grace. Now, I'm a, this is my topic today, for sin should, have, should not have dominion over you. Now, I'm going to talk about this because it's very, very important. When uh, I looked it up this, uh, this afternoon, what the meaning was, it says dominion means to rule or power over someone. And then some versions of the Bible use uh, mastery. It means, I like this version better, controlled or superiority over someone. So this word right here, the Holy Spirit used, is very, very powerful. That means that this, I'll call it a creature. I'll call it a, a, the sin nature. We, the sin nature, we would call this. It lives inside of you. It controls you, and it takes every life out of you. It sucks everything from you. It'll destroy your family. It'll destroy your friends. And most scary of all, it would actually destroy you as an individual. So the sin right here, it's very powerful and it's very controlling. And you don't have no power over it in yourselves. 
You know, I'm going to talk about that later on when I get to the law part, how many try to fight over this creature, over this monster, by doing it themselves, and it don't work. But how does this begin? You know, you wonder, where did the sin nature come from, or where are the flesh? Like, like Jesus told Peter, he said, you know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So where did this flesh, or where did this sin nature come from? Where it was birthed, I guess you can say. Well, we got to go way back at the beginning with Adam and Eve. Some of y'all heard it. Some of y'all are new to it. Some of y'all heard it, whatever the case. But we have to go back to where it all began. You know, Adam and Eve, they had three parts of them. They had the mind, the body, and the spirit. And what happened was they were communionship with God. When they had all three connected, they had most of the spirit, when they had the spirit living in them, they fellowship with God. They talk. They walk with God. They 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 they, they had a communionship with God. I guess you can say, and you know, and they had peace and harmony until one day Satan lied to them and told them, "If you eat this tree, you be like you be like a god. You know good and evil." And sadly, they ate of that tree. And then the day when they ate of that tree, that light, the spirit that was in them, burned out. It's kind of like you look at a light bulb. You know, you look at a light bulb, the light went out. You cannot use it. You know, you have to use another light bulb because it went out. The see, them, they died, they died, how can I explain this? They died spiritually before they died physically. Like a light bulb, you can see a light bulb, it's there, it's in part, but the light in it, it's dead. So that's what happened to them. When they sinned against God, it went out. The light bulb went out of them, kind of speaking. The spirit left. And it, it, it killed them spiritually, you know, because Adam and Eve, they lived, like, for a very long time. I mean, back then, because of the way the environment was, they lived uh, a thousand years or, or so. So you read in the Bible, Adam, he lived for a good while. But the spiritual part of him died. And because of that, the sin nature took over that day. And because of Adam's sin, because of his sin nature, it passed down to us then and now from the present. And it actually controls us now. You know, human beings, they have to fill a void in their heart. And without the spirit there, most, I'm talking about worldly people now in this point, when they have no light to turn to the Holy Spirit or they have no word, they have no truth. So what they have to do to fill in that void, the light that's missing in them, they have to fill it with other things. They have to fill it with other pleasures. They have to fill it with other things in their life to fill in that void, that light that was burnt in them. Just like Adam and Eve, light was burnt out. And so, till then, that's why we have so much trouble in the world because people are trying to fill in that void, you know. And today, they think by sin and by pleasure, they have it. And by them doing that, that opens the door for them to have the sin nature rule over their life because they don't have that light there so they said well I need something to replace it you know I was hearing a guy say one time he was talking about religion one part when they took God out of school he said well you took the Bible out there will be another religion that will place it and today we have that we have evolution we have global warming we have other religions that are placing the Bible now and Wicca and all that stuff now but that's a whole nother message in the time but the thing is that's how it is with the sin nature with, with human beings. That void or vacuum is gone, so they need something to replace it with. So, but the good thing about us Christians, 
you know, we don't have to have the sin dominion over us. And you'd be surprised how many Christians have the sin dominion over them. You'd be surprised. You would think because a Christian, he will go to church, or I'm not saying all do, but you think because someone goes to church or someone goes every day, you know, hearing the word, you wouldn't think that they would have a problem with sin dominion over them or sin controlling them. And you'd be surprised how many Christians are bound almost as much as a worldly person could be bound, you know. And this is the thing what people got to realize. When God made us, he put into us certain things. Like, for example, love. God put love into us. Sadly, the world abused it, of course. Now you have pornography and you have all these things. But love in itself is not wrong. It's what you do with it. It's when the sin nature and when the devil and the people come and they corrupt something that God has made. So that's how it happens with us. You know, we're human beings. We try to do this. We try to live by things to make us happy or think, you know, we can get somewhere with this. And it's pretty sad how most people, that's what they trust. That is their pleasure. Anytime you put pleasure, anytime that's your whole pursuit in life is pleasure, like I have to make myself happy or I have to pursue something, you know, it, it, that you're controlled by the sin nature when that's all your ambition is in life is to pursue my fleshly desires, is to pursue what I want. And that a good reason, like, for example, I'll give you a good a couple examples. Like the other day, uh, I bought some shrimps the other day with Lawrence and them. And uh, I got to admit, I was getting a little greedy there, you know. Uh, I kind of, you know, I let the sin nature take over me a little bit. But uh, the thing is, uh, the shrimps was not the problem. It was me. I was the problem, you know. And that's how a lot of things God made, like wine. God, I mean, God made grapes, but men turn grapes into wine. And the Bible says you shouldn't have no strong drink. So grapes is not the problem. Is men that made the wine into the grapes. That's the problem. So, but because of that, you know, we have our animal instincts, we call that, you know, where it's all about me. It's all about my pleasure. It's all what I can get in this life. And you've seen that more and more as you go on, that sin is dominion people more and more. You know, in the Bible, this is what I believe what Jesus meant to Nicodemus. You know, when Jesus came to Nicodemus, you know, Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, and he said, you know, he was talking about how he was a great teacher and, and all this. And Jesus like, unless you be born of the water and spirit, you can't enter the kingdom of God. And he says, how can a man be born a second time? He has to go into his mother's womb and be born again. And Jesus says something that's pretty amazing. He says, unless you be born of the water and of the spirit, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So this is what I believe Jesus was telling Nicodemus. Just like Adam and Eve, you... You lost it. You lost the light that, that you had at one time. You're not born again. You know the law. You know where to put everything. You know the rules. You know the regulations. You, you, can, you can quote the Bible, but you're dead inside. You have a burnt light bulb. The light that was in Adam, you need to get back again. And, of course, you know, the, you know he led to Permas John 3.16. Whoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So when a person believes on Christ, I'm talking about worldly people at this stage, when a person believes in Christ and believes on the cross and what he did, that light comes back into a human being that, was, that he was dead. You're, walking, you're pretty much you're a walking zombie, pretty much, because, you know, you're, you're alive. You mean you look alive, but inside you're dead, if that makes any sense. And that's how a lot of people are. They're walking zombies. They look 
They look alive, they're breeding, but really inside they're dead. You know, so, and another thing too we got to realize too, is that like, well, matter of fact, let's read about it. It says, uh, verse 14, for sin should not have dominion over you, for you're not under law. Now, we're going to stop right there, for example. What he meant by under the law. Now, remember, he was writing to, well, they were once pagans. They got saved. They were Romans. They, were, they became Christians. But I don't know about this time, if they were or not, but they didn't really grow up with the law of Moses. You think about it. And some people believe he's not even talking about the law of Moses. What he's probably talking about, man's engineering. Any law that man has made to try to come against a sin nature. You know, we try all kind of things. You know, you, you should know the, the, the things I hear about and hear about. How people, like, they go to, ra- they go to uh, what's that, um, help me out here, fellas uh, or women. Uh, when you go to, when you have drug problems, or ra- uh, a, 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 whatever it is. But anyway, but a lot of people, rehab, yeah, I'm going to say rehab, anyway. But anyway. But people go to that and they think, well, if I keep going to this, you know, I get victory. You know, a lot of people, you'd be surprised how men go around what they're supposed to do. You know, like, for example, uh, gun laws, for example. I'm not, I don't want to get political or nothing, but like gun laws. Like they say, well, is the guns the fault? Well, no, it's the person's, the sin nature and the heart of that person that kills. If you, don't, if you don't deal with the heart, if you don't deal with the sin nature, you don't deal with that light that's in him, he will continue to kill. No matter what, you could take any weapon away from him, he will still kill. I like somehow Jesus said this. See, the Pharisees were saying, you shouldn't lust or you shouldn't kill. But Jesus went deeper. He says, you say don't kill, but if you take care of the hate, you take care of the sin nature... You prevent the murder in the beginning. If you can go inside of that man and, and deal with that heart issue, you will not have a problem with murder. And it's the same thing with adultery. The Bible says, you know, a man who lusts after a woman commit adultery already in his heart. So if you permit the adultery, you stop the adultery in this fact, you stop the, 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 the event. You stop the sin. You stop the, uh, the action of it. And so a lot of people, they go around the question. They try to make laws. They try to find millions of other ways how to get rid of the sin nature. Instead of going to God, instead of going to his will, they'll send people to meetings. They'll send them to millions of other things to try to get rid of the sin nature. And and you cannot on a human. A, A weak human cannot help another weak human get over it. It's impossible. You know, I was watching Cosby the other day. And his wife said, you know, honey, because he wanted to eat a sandwich, and he wanted that sandwich, you know, and, and he was supposed to go on a diet, and his wife's been trying to get him on a diet. And she said, honey, I know how you are. She said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. <laughs> so a lot of people, they like that, you know, they're, they're, they're willing. You know, a lot of Christians, they got the spirit, but their flesh is weak, and their flesh overpowers them, you know, every time. And another thing I want to say, like, you know, we're going to go to a, but how do you fix it? You know, a lot of people's like, well, you know, I tried everything else. You know, I tried to go to meetings. You know, I tried other avenues to get rid of my sin nature. You know, I go to church every time the doors open. You know, I'm really trying. You know, there's a lot of people, they're bound by certain things in their life. They're bound by sins. And sometimes God delivers them quick. And sometimes it takes time with some people. And, you know, and some of us, when God delivers us quick, we don't have patience with the ones 
that are, that are coming. You know, we think, oh, well, they got to hurry up and be saved and hurry and get victory like me. And sometimes it takes time for people to have that, you know. I was remember I was listening to Brother Swagger and them one day, and uh, I think it was Brother Rawson, one of those guys. They were saying he had trouble with smoking, and he said he had trouble, hard time getting rid of smoking. He kept praying. He kept believing until finally one day, he, he used to buy cigarettes every morning, and his wife was like, honey, where's your cigarette? She's like, oh, I have not even noticed. I, I didn't buy it. So, you know, sometimes God works on people, and sometimes he works on them when you least expect it to be worked upon. And now we're going to talk about, but under grace. Now, grace means the unfavorable work of God. That means God's favor on you. And this is the, this is the reason right here. You see, what is pretty much talking about is the cross right here. The cross is your only means to have that victory. It's not anything else. It's Jesus Christ and him crucified. You see, a lot of Christians, they get born again, and that's a good thing. They know the sinner's prayer. They get born again. You know, they know they're born again. They know they're saved, and they're on their way to heaven. That's a good thing. But a lot of people don't know how to have the walk after, if I make myself clear. They don't know how to walk the cross life after that. There's no explaining what you do after, you know. You know, what you do after when you have Christ in your heart, how you live this cross life. And a lot of people don't teach that or many people just don't know or they go to other means. But the thing is, you believe on Christ. That's what victory comes into. You believe on Christ. You trust in him, Jesus Christ and him crucified. You put your faith in the man, Christ Jesus. And that's victory already. You see, we were taught, and I don't know why or how, but we were taught back in the day, mostly if you're Pentecostal background, you've been taught like, when you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes right through you, and you got victory. Well, that's not quite true all the way. You already have victory when you have the cross already. You know, you, you, your battle's been already fought. Your battle's already won. What the cross does, it keeps you on your mind on Christ. It keeps you going. It opens the door. See, the cross is kind of like a door. It's a door, and there's a, a key. When that door is open, it allows the Holy Spirit to work in your life to give you strength. And to encourage you. And they don't give you victory, but it keeps you going. It keeps you knowing that, hey, I have a cross to look forward to. It builds you. It helps you. It does give you strength. Not victory, but strength. You know, it makes you alive. Like Apostle Paul said, he that was dead now is alive. You know, when the Holy Spirit comes to you, you're alive now. That light that was lost through Adam, you know, with salvation, the Holy Spirit comes and it makes alive again. You know, and another thing, too, what also helps it's when you're a forward-looking Christian. You know, when you look forward to the kingdom of God that's common, what it also does, it helps you. It don't give you victory, but it also helps you like the Holy Spirit. It makes you realize, okay, the world has nothing to offer me. You know, I have something better up ahead of the road. You know, I have a new kingdom that's coming. I have something. And what that does, it helped me out a lot when I was going through a lot. When I knew this three principles, the cross, the Holy Spirit, and the new kingdom, kingdom-minded, and that's a whole nother subject because there's some people who teach kingdom-minded. Some of it's not biblical. Some of it is. But when you're kingdom-minded and you're like, hey, this world's not my home, you know, uh, the things that dominion over me, things that control me, won't control you as much as it does before. And so you look forward to the kingdom, and it builds your faith. It makes you realize, hey, this could happen. This is real, and I have something better up ahead. You know, Peter said it. He said, uh, I think it was the first book of Peter or second, he said, talking to Christians, he said, we look forward to the day 
when Christ is returned. We look forward to a new heaven and a new earth and the new Jerusalem that is coming. So we, we are commanded by God or God gives us that promise that you look forward to the day where you, you will see these things happen and it gives you victory. You know, you look like, oh, things, don't, like things that used to bound you, things that you, you would die for, all of a sudden now, it's nothing to you now. You know, you know, you know it's kind of like someone if they had a dollar and a dollar in their wallet and you had a million dollars, which one you you get a million dollars? But, you know, so that's what it does. It's like, hey, these things are junk. These things are not worth dying for or, or living for. But I got a kingdom that's coming that's better and bigger, and that encourages you Amen. to also not have victory over sin, but it encourages you to keep your eyes on the cross that will give you victory. Amen. And, um, you know, I, I want to kind of use an analogy. I was watching... Um, I was watching uh, 2,000 Leagues in the Sea one day. And you'd be surprised how in a movie, how God can show you something. You know, in the movie, Nemo and the guy, that was the captain's name, he came with his ship. They were underneath the water. And they had a, uh, they had a, uh, what's that monster I want to say again? Um, octopus, yeah, thank you. An octopus. And they came and they were attacking the ship. You know, they were, they were attacking them and they were trying to put electricity to kill it. It didn't work. So they had to bring the ship up or the submarine, whatever they were on, they had to come up. So they were fighting the creature. His arms were all over, and, and they were hacking at that thing, and the creature was throwing them around like, you know, they were falling all over. It almost ate Nemo, you know. And that's how a lot of people do, you know. They fight against the sin nature, you know. They're hacking at it. They're trying their good works, you know. They're trying to other methods to try to kill the sin nature, but it's stronger. It's, it's bigger than you. It's stronger than you, and you can't fight it, you know. It's ten times way powerful than you are you're unmatched you know and then so they were all trying and then I think it was Kurt Douglas in the film he he got up he looked at a certain angle where the animal was he took a spear and he hit it between the eyes and he killed it you know so that's how the cross is you know that's what the cross does for us you know we're hacking at it you know we're trying to do everything in our power to kill the beast the sin nature that's in us but when you have the cross and these three things I'm talking about that's what kills your enemy. That's what kills the sin nature that is in you. 